Welcome back, folks, to the second episode of Talking Dairy City Everywhere We Go with myself, Simon Collins. And me, Keith McLaughlin. This week's episode will have a bit of reaction from the Brandable from Dairy City's opening night victory against Cork City. And we also have Luke McKellen speaking to some fans after the game and the chairman, Philip O'Doherty. We also have a chat with Ben Doherty, who made his debut back at the Brandable. And to be honest, he enjoyed it. He really loved the atmosphere and enjoyed back in the mixing. Simon, first of all, before we get underway, I would just like to say you, as usual, were lit to take him down to do this podcast. <laughs> it's not really breaking news that everybody knows you. Match night's normally the same. You're, uh, we're going to leave at five past five and the match is at six. But I'd also just like to say Derry City 2, Court Nil, which was my prediction. You jumped on the bandwagon after, you know, usual sitting in the fence. But look, how did you think the game went? Fantastic result. And I get the first prediction of the season, so it's a great night. Well, you do like to pat yourself in the back now and again, Kevin, but uh, I think you'll find that off air I did say 2 0, and it was uh, definitely uh, it was a tough 2 0. It was a battle, so it was, and we, we expected Cork to come up. You know, they, they won the first division in the Canter last season. They were, they were not going to rule over to anybody, especially losing their, their first game as well, too. So they were going to come up well organised, well drilled, hard to break down. Uh, it took a bit of magic from Patrick McElhinney they, they, they break a deadlock uh, but even even at that Cork game plan was going well had some brilliant chances of their own um, so, so it wasn't wasn't an easy night by any stretch for Derry but job done you know without getting out of really second gear they, they've got four points in the bag now they're opening two games of the season so Roy Higgins will be delighted with that going on to a big one now next Friday well, that's it, and, and you're right, they, they didn't get out of second gear, and it was a case of, these are the games last year that Derry drew 0-0, or conceded a late equaliser, they might get one each. So look, it was a big result, and as you alluded to, Patrick McElhinney, the first goal, you just seen it, we were, we were sitting, the minute they got the touch, 25 yards out, 20 yards out, the whole stand just sort of sat for him, with, mm. he's having a go here, and to be fair, he stepped up and curled it in the bottom corner, but it was good to see Jordan McEnough again, coming in, and having watched the goal again this morning uh, and the highlights, Ryan Graydon picks him out. It's not just a low cross, it's a fantastic mm-hmm. run. And Jordan's finish is sensational because it's it's guided. He could have just whacked it as Gareth McGlynn says in the audio, but he just guided it lovely in, and that's two from two from him. Unbelievable, Jordan, like you know, and, and we admitted in, the, in last week's episode too, we, we were surprised that he that he got that the call up on the first team, basically, you know, the, the, the starting position, obviously, we knew he was going to play a big role as as and as part of the team this year, but starting position, and he hasn't let, let Rui down, he's actually really excelled, and, and we all know, you don't be at Arsenal for six years if, if, you know, if you're a bad player, the guy's got, when you talk to him, you talk to him on a regular basis too, Kevin, he's really, really sort of mentally sound, he, he's, he's, Got fantastic attitude, and he knows he's got the ability. He's had a like a hell of bad luck with with injuries. You know, he fractured his back. He's he's had knee injuries. He's had a really bad bad run of injuries, and now he's rebuilding that career. Rory knows him from a very young age, knew that he had something special, uh, and he's now producing the goods. Now he's like there's there's no denying the fact that he's a Premier Division player. He he's starting to show that a good run of games. He's grabbed this chance for a scruff of the neck and. Uh, no big goal down at Shakur last week. That's given him a load of confidence. Obviously, that's coming on from from the FA Cup final penalty and injury time too. Um, now he's, he's a real, real first team player here at Derry City. Uh, 
and he's going to grow as a player too with all the, the guys like Patchin and Fats around him and Diallo and Domigan. You know, the, you know he's only going to get better. Remember, he played with uh, Saka with Arsenal too, you know, so um, Smith Rowe as well too. These guys, he, he grew up playing with these in the academy, so we all know he's got bags of ability. He's starting to get that new run of, of without injuries and, and he's, he's, he's training, a couple of months of training under his belt and now game time and he's, we're starting to see all that come to fruition and a fantastic performance again. And the big thing too, the takeaway from training is clean sheet. You know, uh, although Ben Doherty tried to mess that up, let on with a back hitter to Brian Maher, but no, look, jokes aside, uh, it was a clean sheet and I know Rory says that himself too, it's a big thing, you want to keep that clean sheet, keep things ticking over, solid at the back, because you know, attacking wise, they have the, the players, they, they get the goals. Yeah, well, well, the thing, the big thing that Rui said in his aftermatch uh, interview was patience. You know, they had to have patience. They're going to have teams coming up, especially at the Brandonville, not just the Brandonville, you know, at away venues as well, where they're going to sit deep. They know what Derry's all about. They know their attacking talent, so they're going to sit with, with two banks of four. Um, you're not going to have much room to get them behind, so they had to be patient. But uh, Brian Maher pulled up a uh, pulled off a couple of brilliant saves. He, he really did. That one with Ben Doherty, I was chatting him afterwards too, uh, and he says he doesn't hear the shouts, you know. And if he doesn't, because I, it would have been. I would say that too. <laughs> <laughs> but he had a he had a really solid game again. Ben Doherty impressed me at the Presidents Cup final again. Another uh, excellent display. I, I really like him. I think he's evolved so much. You would have seen him more in Irish league, Kev. Um, you know this last couple of years, but. He's, he's back and he's he's a different player. Again, you talk about mentality with, with George Magnif, he, he's the same. He's just so level-headed, so confident in his own ability uh, and, and loves the club too. You know, you can you can feel that off of him as well. So it would have been very unfortunate if that, if that ball hadn't been done. But fair play to Brian Maher, uh, you know, he spared his brushes. That's it. And, you know, having spoke to, to Ben after the game, uh, the thing that really impressed me about him is the maturity of him. He was then asked about, you know, certain games he didn't start down in some patch, he disappointed. And he says, look, I've had a discussion with the manager before coming here that there are going to be games I'm not going to play, there are going to be games I'm going to play. And I think, particularly at home, against the likes of Cork or UCD or Jordan, teams which no disrespect will probably sit in against there. Ben Dory's an ideal man for your left back. They bomb forward. It was noticeable in the second half when Ollie O'Neill cut inside. Ben burst forward, stood away, Ollie just knew he's outside me, giving him Ben the shot and just went wide. But that's the sort of understanding. Ollie's only here and he's that understanding that he he's gonna get the left back on work. So Ben knows that and that's what I was really impressed with him. So we'll listen to Ben now just discuss that uh victory uh, last night, because we're in here on a Saturday. Not like it's been here on a Saturday <laughs> during the podcast, but that's what we're doing. So we'll listen to Ben now. You must have enjoyed that. Good to be back. Uh, three points Friday night back at Brandeville. It's last time we wanted to get off to a good start. Tough place to go last week. Probably a draw was a fair enough result coming away after you see the game back and stuff. But coming here tonight, we knew the fans were going to bring good energy and look, we wanted to excite them as a team. And, and that's what Rory's message was: was just to go out and and light the place up and and take three points on the first night back at the Brandeville. Well, that was it. It was going to be one of the nights you knew Cork were going to you know, suspect, sit down, keep it tight, which they did. 
But when you got that bit of quality, Patrick, Patrick got that wee half a yard, he's a box bang, it just screws you that bit of quality. And I think it was coming too, I think we had got a lot of good possession and we, we maybe played in front of them a bit too much um, in the first half, but look, if they're going to let you play in front of them, Fats and players like that come up with that wee bit of magic and you can't give them that time and he's, he's put the ball in the back on it and, and luckily for us it's, it's sent us in at half time in a, in a good with a lead and in a good place and we just knew if we went out in the second half and left it a bit again then they probably wouldn't be able to keep up but look they, they put it up to us to be fair to them they came up here and we want to make this a hard place to come this year obviously last year our home fo- or our away form was a lot better than home form um, people have a lot to say about that but this year we want to make sure the home form is just as good and obviously being patient the, the season's always going to be like that and, and as you say you played in front of them but once you get on there then you took your chances look they're not going to be the only team that comes here this season and does that to us and we've worked on it all week to be fair Connor and, and Rennie with their analysis and, and Boiler as well we've they've we knew what we were getting tonight and, and look we were able to break it down more times than enough um, probably in an hour night you, you say we weren't clinical enough or we could have took more chances myself included but look as I say 2-0 3 points and a clean sheet another left back you know you've played there before we know that but it's that's another position for you, you know, you, you might have to be used in various positions. Exactly, I'd play anywhere, I says that to the gaffer when I came back, he says where do you play and I says look, I, I've played everywhere, I think right back and centre forward is probably my only two positions that I haven't played but we might get on there this year yet, we'll see <laughs> the way the way the injuries are going at the minute, look, you never know but as I say, wherever needed, if you ask me to fill in nets, I'd put the gloves on, not a problem. Well that was Ben Doherty there just chatting the myself uh, after the game uh, and as I say he was delighted back at the Brandywell sellout and as he says it was great to be back I think like everybody he, he was delighted too to be back there yeah, it was and, and we all know like we mentioned Ben's performance but in terms of being back at the Brandywell we, we had a wee tester of it in the President's Cup final uh, a sellout again too uh, tickets we discussed the tickets they were like hot, hot cakes when they went out on general sale Everybody's got that buzz about them. Having said that, I thought the atmosphere they began with was, was rather subdued. You know? I, I would agree with you. It just, it just was because even in Ben's interview, he talks about they had a lot of the ball, but they played it in front of Cork, so they never really got in behind in the first maybe 20, 25 minutes. They create the chapters to get the crowd going. So it was, yeah. sometimes it, it feeds off both. Uh, but I agree with you, it was a bit subdued until... Mr. Magalini turned up and, and, and broke the deadlock. And, but look, it happens. You know, maybe the fans are just like the team warming up themselves this well, season. That, that's what I, I spoke to Patrick Magalini afterwards and I, I put that to him and he, and he agreed. He says, you know, it, it works both ways. You know, the, the crowd need to feed off what they see on the pitch. And, and he admitted there it took a while to get going. And, and that was all down the cork, I think, and the way they set up the, uh, the frustrate. Um, when they did get going, you know, I, I watched Patrick Maglani and I was... There was a I, shock. <laughs> <laughs> the man's a genius, but I, I watched them in the warm-up and they were taking shots. That, oh, we, you we know, heard about this before, yes. <laughs> well, uh, my video footage isn't the best because I actually caught half of it in camera. I actually, the, the camera stayed on Patrick Maglani. It doesn't actually see the ball go on the net. Unbelievable. But it was Player a... Player he curled it in from the, the edge of the box into the top corner and it was a, it was a cracking strike so I fancied him to score just like my prediction of 2-0 yeah. I got that right as well too so <laughs> <laughs> but but when he hit that boy he, he came on and we see him in a more advanced role we, like, where he, he defends him in terms of 
you know, his goals. Because that was his first goal since March last year, almost 12 months ago, when he scored the winner at Toga Park. We don't see enough of that. We know what he can produce. We've seen the goals that he scored for Dundalk uh, down the three years. Most of them, 90% of them are spectacular goals. That was another one last night. But you see what you get when he's playing a more advanced role. When he comes out towards the edge of the box rather than that deeper um, midfield role. Well, this is it. You, you're going to get Patrick, you're going to get patching. But it's just because at the minute there's so many injuries, uh, particularly in the, the heart of midfield. So it's Patrick and, and, and patching are the sort of experienced one. They're told to sit in the bottom of the, the, the sort of two midfielders and then let the likes of Jordan McAnuff get forward. And Jordan's now getting on the box and getting goals and stuff like that. So it's just it's just horses for courses. But talking about the injuries, Simon, it's getting to the stage where because it's a big squad and fortunately most of the injuries have been midfield and that's where most of the squad has been. But it has to be getting a wee bit sort of concerning for, for Derry. I would say that they're going to be looking at these things. Is it the pitch? Is it the training? Yeah. Is it the, just the, the intensity of the season just starting? But there's a lot of boys with hamstrings and calf. It's all muscle injuries. So, you know, I would say Derek will be looking at this. Definitely, definitely question marks over what, what the, the reasons are behind that. As you say, that they've had a like a fairly intense pre-season as well too. A lot of running involved, so maybe that had something to do with the hamstrings. Uh, but but it's it's definitely concerning. We, we know that uh, Adam O'Reilly, we were expecting him to play, haven't done so well in our previous two games. Bit of a slight strain in the hamstring. He's out now for, for a couple a of number weeks. number of weeks, and that's so, what Rory says. It was lit on in Thursday's training session yeah. when it's going to happen. So that's a that's a, another major blow. And and as you say, rightfully so, that's a concern. Now, do, potentially, we don't know what's going on in, uh, during training or if it's a, the, the brand they will pitch that, that because they train on that uh, 3G surface. Is, is that a factor? You know, we don't know what's going on. We, can, but, we can't say. Obviously, they, yeah, they know what's going on. It could be just uh, bad luck. Rory and, and his backroom team and his, his physio and his medical staff and fitness staff, they're all going to be looking at this. They're going to be scratching heads because you know, obviously they want all their best players yeah. in the pitch. Yeah, well, and, and but the, the, the fact is, as you say, they're they're very talented bunch in that, that middle of the park. Uh, they've got Sadio Diallo now to come back in as well too, which is going to be a, a big factor. So he's, he's, he's fortunate in that regard. Now, well are those injuries where they, they uh, take place up for button uh, up front or or your your two center halves there you know that then you get read problems like but definitely something to keep an eye on hopefully it's 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 nothing just a just a unfortunate spate of injuries at the minute but um definitely he's he's, he's everything seems to be going well apart from the injuries the the four points in the bag from the opening two games kev you can't argue with that considering you've went down the entry core you could have potentially had six points in the bag yeah uh, but for that late, late uh, equaliser down at Inchicore, the, the thing that the fixtures have done Rory Higgins at Derry City no favours at all. They have to go to St Pats uh, and Rovers open and they open a three games. Right, They're both opening nights of the season where they're going to have the crowds behind them, every, the, the, that feel-good factor but for that's, both. That's, that's, that's a computer. That's the, the, that magic computer. That's magic has, computer does <laughs> these every year. Derry have been at home once in nine or ten years, but it's just a magic computer. Well, we can't complain. We're from the northwest here, like we're forgotten about the times. We know that we have and to take our own. three chips on our shoulders. We know all this. We do, we do. <laughs> uh, DMBs is your term, exactly, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but but it's just like the, the fact that you're going down to Shamrock Rovers now. Okay, they're going to be a massive crowd down there. It's their first game of the season at home. 
uh, they've had a bit of a blip far too early to be thinking that we've got an advantage here. You know, it's uh, as Rory keeps saying, six or seven games then come back to me. Maybe we'll talk about how that league table is looking. Yeah. But uh, they've got three big suspensions too, Roberto Lopez, Lee Grace and uh, Cleary. Cleary as well too. So they're going to miss the game. Big Sean Moore haven't played much too, he's another man. So it's all centre half that they're missing. 100%. So like there you have, have, as we discussed, they have their players missing as well too. But a, a massive chance to go down there, get something from, from Tala, and then then you can start looking at the league table, can you? Yeah, well, yeah, it's still early. It's still early, <laughs> honestly. But, you know, what will that stop Derry City fans uh, looking at league tables and looking at uh, sort of where Derry are at and how they're doing. And it sort of sets us up nicely there. Now we'll hear from... Uh, Luke McKellen had a wee chat with a couple of fans at the end of the game and they got a bit of an exclusive. We got Philip O'Doherty who mentions his lucky charm his grandson was at the game for the first time. Aye, comfortable home win. Uh, good to see first home game of the season. Comfortable victory and two good goals. Happy days. What's your thoughts for the season? How do you think we'll get on? Uh, a lot of people saying that we'll win the league. It's only my second season following that I like, so um, hopefully we do. And uh, you know Shamrock, drew, I think drew there tonight, so good result for us, you know. We have a good outfit now at the moment. We have a number of good players. The support is unbelievable. There's no reason why Derry can't win the league this year, Tom. Yeah, a great result by the way. I have my grandson here tonight, first Derry match, so he's a lucky charm. Yeah. Bring Look, it's only two games in, but it's a great start. We have a load of players in just. I think we have a fabulous squad. I'm very confident about the season. Great performance. Best team in the league. We're going to do the treble this season. They might go for 1988-89. We're going to win the league. Well, there you go, Simon. There's a, the fans chatting away there. And yeah, we're going to win the league. Won the league. Uh, no, no, no pressure. No well, pressure it, at all. Aye, well, I'm not sure who, who it was that said that, but, but uh, I like the optimism. Um, and you, you know what? You've, you've got to feed off that optimism of the fans and, and the way things have gone from last year. Uh, FA Cup champions, the players all, all come out and say it. I love that. That It's really refreshing to hear Rory say it, to hear the players say it. I, we're going to win the title. We want to win the title. We've, we've got to do that. Other, other clubs might play their play down their ambitions or whatever, but it's very clear that, that, that Derry City are geared up. They've All the signings that they've made, You know the way they're talking, behind closed doors and when they come out and face the media, they're already won the title, and let's 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 hope that that keeps going. That that, that positivity. Well, that's I mean you're right. It's the positivity, and and you can see it off the fans too. The the brandy wills. You know, we we keep talking about the Willy Wonka golden ticket, but like that Derry City fans page on Facebook. If I see another person saying, "Can you help me out? I need <laughs> one ticket. Can you help me out? I need me and my son and all." This. It's great to see, and it's disappointing that people can't get tickets. But look, it, it's it's going to be. I guess I think to be honest, all season, you know. The longer Derry continue to hopefully be up there challenging, the more people are just going to try and get on. It's just going to be crazy. No doubt you were probably tortured by family and friends and similar to myself, but there's there's not much people can do at the moment. Like. There's really not. Your, your hands are tied. That's what we mentioned last week too. We, we, we Karen Payne and Bert Barton are getting, getting tortured, but the, the, there's only so many uh, seats at the brand. Well, no, well, it, we did mention that it was subdued to start with and then the, the crowd got going, definitely. It was, it was a great night. I think the match they experienced at the brand was getting a lot better. 
Now, I know Martin Bradley was listening to us last week. <laughs> yes, he, he told us after the game that he enjoyed the podcast. He did, so I so enjoyed Martin, the episode too. Keep, keep listening, but, but, but we're going to return the compliment and, and say, you know, he's, he's doing a fantastic job. You know, getting the, the, the music and, and the atmosphere, building that up, that's all improved, hasn't it, Kevin, over the, over the years? Because, like, got a lot of stick over the years I about did. the way the, the build up. I think it, it was Declan Devine, wasn't it? Uh, had. Had a, you know when he experienced what it was like down in Dalymount Park before the matches, you know it's really that real party atmosphere. Yeah. Tala is the same. Brandon was starting to feel like that, you know, before the matches and and you know just people walking onto the ground. It's you're you're getting that real buzz up. Well, about it. Maybe that's to do with optimism of what what's happening on the pitch as well. No doubt about it. And you do have that you know Friday night football back and everybody's looking forward to it. And you can see a lot of families. That's that's a massive thing. Like the next generation of fans, you can see them with the children there and with the families are there. Uh, and and everybody's really really enjoying it. Like and I know that my sister in law Laura too. She's absolutely jumping the bandwagon. She went to the President's Cup game, and she she's going down far and even the two daughters and my brother Dick and they're going. They just love it now in a free night. They also love the chippy at half time. I don't know where they get that off. <laughs> who they took that from? Well, that that just that kind of reminds me of like you know I know you've had a bit of stick from a, a, even a, a few people working in the chip shops have been shouting at you. You know, just shocking like a microphone over my shoulder. It's sort of picking uh, picking legs. That I've had the fact legs, that you're. But uh, I, I I'm going to have to try and slightly you know calm it down here. I'm more of a a sandwich man going up the road here now, so these fish shoppers are going to be calmed down and we're. We're not going to leave with this day at some stage. I don't know. I think I, I like that wee segment. Like, no, Kev's <laughs> takeaways. So we'll get a, a takeaway from Tala maybe on, on Friday night. No, but... no, no. We, we, we might have to end up going to the gym or eat 50 eggs, eat yourself a week, you know. <laughs> but there'll be no more takeaways. <laughs> you're not be on the office with me if you're eating 50 eggs, Kev. But uh, anyway, talking about takeaways from Tala, we're going down to Tala and expect a good... Good crowd. I'm sure the the tickets uh, dairy's allocation will be released shortly, and, and they're uh, out now. They're out now. Yeah, they're out now. So uh, potentially what? Maybe a couple of hundred fans go down to that. Would you think? It I would, would be say great so. To see. Uh, that depends how many tickets are allocated yeah. to dairy. I don't know how many rovers uh, are going to hand out or, or whatever, but I expect a big crowd from dairy going down. They tr- they travel down to uh, Richmond Park on the first night down into Courts and Pats, and there's a big crowd. Don't see any different. The atmosphere, the optimism has continued, so I can see them doing the same thing. And also, you sort of look at the, the results too of, of last week, or last night, I should say. Bows again, another victory. Uh, on Devine, a packed house at the uh, Daily Mount. They were saying that's their, uh, that's their biggest crowd that they've had in 14 years. You can see what's going on at Bohemians. Like they've now got the, the away stand now built. For, for people that ever go to the Bulls games with Derry, you normally stand behind the net and it's, you, you know, there's no roof and if it's raining, you, you're soaked. Well, it's changed now. They've got a new stand uh, put on place for uh, the away fans. And I think it, what I've seen in the highlights, the place where away fans would have stood normally, that was full of Bulls fans. Mm. It was absolutely looked an unbelievable atmosphere. And Bulls, two from two, and Mr. Flores scored another rocket, uh, which he did. Ironically, uh, Ford and Doc against Shamrock Rovers a number of years ago scored again. That's two from two from Flores too. So both will be hard they 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 sort of catch. Yeah. Dock on the other hand. Well, you did mention that last week. You you, you expected Dundalk to struggle in terms of their squad depth, uh, depth and uh, the the experience I suppose in their squad. Like so, when when your manager's coming out and uh, being a, a little pessimistic about what you know complaining about 
the squad, the squad that he's got, the options that he's got available, then that's going to filter down, isn't it? Like, but but you watch the highlights of that match. That, that is there is there anything to be optimistic about there? Ah, uh, look, look, they they come back and they the highlights. You know, about seven eight minutes long, and then Bowes had the had the better chances. Uh, and and seem they run out deserve winners. Uh, but there's just there's so much going on behind the scenes at Dundalk since the great times of. Stephen Kenny and doing well in Europe and now obviously Stevie Donald's manager, he was playing the heart of the midfield during that time. Rory Higgins was there, Patrick McLeary, Michael Duffy. Things have just sort of it's just not been the same the last couple couple of years since the American owners initially came in. They brought the club in, brought it back to the fans and stuff like that. They're now talking about new investors, they talk of Hull coming in, and Hull was down at St. Pat's watching Shelburne. I honestly think to be honest, that's worrying for League of Ireland. I'm not the biggest fan of all these sort of English, Scottish, whatever clubs coming in and then putting that money into the club. And then you sort of, like Hull was even talking about how Dundalk would play. Will it be similar to the way we play? Or how you sitting on your shirt? They go, what's going on here? Like there's talk of this morning, Burnmouth, owner, the new owner from America, possibly looking at getting an investment in Dundalk. What do you think of this? Do you think it's a, it's a good thing for the League of Ireland? The, the, first of all, it's, it's a distraction. You know, if you're Stevie O'Donnell, that's the last thing you want to be thinking about is is you know all these talks of investors and and who you, who your potential you're going to be answering to. You know, but um, I think that's a, a big distraction. If it does happen, then then great. And, and like we know, we can see there's feeder clubs all around Europe with the bigger clubs, and that that's obviously has its advantages in terms of players going out and loan, and you're getting some of these top class talent like, but. You know, don't think you need to be a feeder club for that because you look at Derry City, they're getting guys over from Fulham. You know, they're, they're, it's, it can't happen. Like, so I don't yeah, think Joe Hodge a couple of years Joe ago. Joe Hodge as well. Andrew, but now he's flying with Wolves. So there's an avenue for that, definitely, for, for these players. And in terms of, I just think, if it, if it was my club, I, I would be a wee bit, wee bit worried. And especially having gone through with American owners and what, what they've just been through. Do you, do you want people who maybe don't have this have an idea what the League of Ireland's all about, what what the community, what Dundalk's all about? You know, I I would uh, I would hazard a guess and think that these owners have never been to Dundalk. Yeah, I'd put a bit of money on that myself too. Yeah, I'm not. <laughs> but just getting back to the action last night, Sligo got a victory way down at UCD. Came from behind twice. Max Mada with a hat trick. Big one for Sligo there and. Obviously, getting the, the draw last week against Shamrock Rovers, they've started off four points doing rightly. They'd be happy with their start. Definitely, I. Um, we mentioned that, but it's going to take a while. There's going to be ups and downs for teams. Like, but uh, <clears throat> if you look at from a Derry City perspective, I would be the happiest if I was Rory Higgins. Obviously, you both you have two ones out of two, but but the the manner of Derry's ones without having, you know, clicked, yeah, so to speak, without having had all your players, your best players available for you for selection. Uh, I don't think it, it could have went much better, This uh, Open the, these opening two games. Going to Tala with real, real optimism, as we say. You know, a real chance. There's no, like, we beat them in the President's Cup. I asked uh, Patrick McLennan afterwards, how you that would ha- give them maybe a psychological edge going down to Tala now. Uh, the, the factor of Shamrock Rovers struggling, struggling with guys without suspension as well, big key players. Now he plays that down, obviously. He's going to play it down and think these games take care of themselves once you're out there. You know, um, 
but 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 I think I think it's about early to talk about form. It's just like I think as you quite rightly mentioned, Bows are are probably the, the standard. You you know that they they seem to be going in the right direction. The rest of them maybe just finding their feet just for now. What's happened? Shelburne, uh, two games on, no goal scored. A defeat by some pats. Damien Duff's going to love you. Yeah, he's going to love you. I have to admit that. It does feel like I'm picking Damien Duff and Shelburne, but sort of the facts are speaking for themselves at the minute. Uh, Sean Boyd was missing, which will be a big loss for him. Uh, but just seeing, as I said, the highlights again, Owen Doyle let on, just a poacher finish, cross command, fell them, stuck in the net. Shelburne, I know, haven't heard Damien Duff's answer. He was sort of thinking they were the only team in the incentive city maybe get the victory, so he was surprised at, and disappointed when they conceded. To be fair to Shelburne, they hit the bar, let on, they had the chances themselves to, to get that equaliser. But you know yourself, you want to get that first one and Damien Duff still, and Shelburne are still looking for it. Yeah, the longer that goes on, the more patient people get, you know. Um, I would just like to, we didn't mention this last week, obviously, uh, it's an ongoing situation. Obviously, Rory Higgins lost his brother tragically. Uh, and our, our thoughts go out with Dave Rory uh, and and. His mother and father and all the, the, the family and extended family. It's it's gonna be it's, it's been a tough time and you can't underestimate how how hard that's been for him for this last last couple of weeks. We know he's he's, he's flying out to Sweden, um, uh, this bringing week. the remains yeah. home this week, which will hopefully give them some some crumbs of comfort. You know, uh, with a, with a funeral arrangements now you can 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 take place, but. but you know, it's it's unimaginable the grief that he's going through, and be able to, it might be a distraction, be able to the the whole things together for the players and the club, which is so admirable and brave as well. Um, but I, I think that it takes immense courage for for somebody to be able to do that. All that going on in the background, having lost somebody so close to, you and still be able to, they start the season the way he has, and and be so so, uh, so brave about it. And, I would agree with you, and like. Uh, as you say, he's, he's travelling to Sweden this week, bringing uh, the remains home, Kevin home, uh, and then he won't be involved. And regarding media-wise, from our point of view, uh, for leading up to Shamrock Rovers game, I think he's hoping to be at the Rovers game, uh, and then he, he will not be involved at the UCD game, because that is uh, his brother's uh, for a little bit on Sunday and, and stuff like that. So there's a lot, as you say, going on with, with his family, and rightly so, he needs to be of his family at this time. So it'll be Alan Reynolds, and to be fair to Rene and the players, they all know this, they've all stepped up, they stepped up with the President's Cup, when unfortunately Kevin had passed away, and, and they knew, right, we have to step up here, and they did, and uh, no better man than Rene and Conor Lutter in the background team, and the players, because I'd say there'll be no problem, we'll just keep tucking things over. Yeah, definitely, and they're doing it for him, I'm sure, as well too, because, uh, you know, you can't fault the players, uh, their hunger for a start, but their work ethic has always been, uh, you know, top. That's the first thing that he expected off them, and that's what we, we see week in week out as well too. And in in terms of the Shamrock Rovers match, Kevin, what what do you what do you think? How do you think it's going to go based on the last two performances you've seen? Based on we got the yellow back, a uh, couple of our injuries now around that as well too. But in terms of team selection, what what? Is it well if it's it's Alan Reynolds or Rory picks the team for 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 Rovers? What do you think he does differently? Um, and I'll not ask you for a prediction yet because I'm getting them first. Ah, uh, that's okay. No, uh, look, Diallo's a big big player to come back on. Uh, there's no doubt about it. It's it's saying that selection of who who do you put him on for in the midfield? Do you know is it done for Patchy? Is it done for Mac Nuff? 
Another one for Patrick Magdalena, who's just scored. Magdalena's just scored. You just don't know. You know, you've options. You can maybe change things around. But to be honest with you, I would probably like to be a fly in the wall in Stephen Bradley's team meeting <laughs> to see who he's picking for his defence. Like Sean Horham saying, could be out. He, he just hasn't played many games uh, in pre-season and, 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 as I say, since the start of the season. So if you're throwing him in from his first game because you're down so many, you're down, as we say, Edder, Lopez, Cleary and, and Gris, it's a big game to be throwing a player in now. To be fair to Sean, he's experienced, he's won league titles in the FA Cup with both Rovers and Dundalk, so he's been there, done that. But it's still a big game to be throwing him in. So, look, <coughs> it all depends on the team lineups for both of them, but I still think, having spoke to Rory, having spoke to the players, you've done the same, these boys are going down here to try and make a bit of a statement. And by God, it would be some statement if you can go down to Tala their first home game, where it's going to be jammed with Rovers fans. If you get some type of result or a victory, that is a statement to be fair. Yeah, third third game or not. You, yeah. you beat them in the President's Cup comfortably. If you go down to Tala, let's not get ahead of ourselves and beat them there. Then having gone there, as we mentioned before, and Chikor, Cork could have been a tricky game as well, too. Um, you know, uh, so 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 that, that that would be unbelievable. And then you're you're leading them to a few fixtures that you would think that you could maybe um you know, get get maximum points from then, you see. But uh, I'm going to throw, th- just throw it out there, Kev, you know. You, you always accuse me of something on the fence. I fancy a dairy one, but I, I fancy there's definitely goals on it here. I'm going to say 2-1 dairy. That's, that's put my neck on the line there, but I'm saying 2-1 dairy, and what a one that would be, eh? That would be. Uh, Graham Burke, to be fair, has done well with, with Rovers 2-2, two and two he scored. Uh, so he's a man that, you know, dairy will have to keep an eye on. Uh I look, it's going to be tight, but the big thing is to say is Rovers' defence. That's where their main issues is going to be. You've enough experience, Jack Byrne, Rory Gaffney, come on a sub. Look, I want the dairy victory, definitely, but I'll not be surprised if it's a score draw. So I'm going to go for a score draw. So it's slightly something on the fence, but at least it's a, a prediction of the score draw I'm going for. Brilliant. Well, I, uh, well, uh, let's let's hope that because that would be another positive result, Kev. So. Um, well, well, folks, that's all we've got time for today. Um, I, I hope you liked the episode, and if you did, please like, follow, and subscribe wherever you're getting your podcast from, so so you you, you don't miss us. Um, obviously, uh, you can catch up also uh on social media, on Twitter at Dairy Journal and on Instagram at Dairy Journal underscore. So, uh, thanks for joining us. See you next week. We'd like to thank the children of Greenhall Primary School for the podcast jingle. And any silly fans out there with anything they want to ask us, they can email us simon.collins at dairyjournal.com or myself, kevin.mcgohan at dairyjournal.com. Also keep an eye on social media on Twitter at Dairy Journal and on Instagram at dairyjournal underscore. Make sure you like, follow and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss a beat as we follow the fortunes of Dairy City Football Club.